It is officially race week for the 106 Indianapolis 5. 100 here from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Museum. Tony Donahue, Luke Edwards, the IndyCar Show, Burnout Sports, burnoutsports.com. Luke, tell them where we are exactly. We are in the storied basement, in the basement collection of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Museum. Whew. So this is, this is my home. You know, this is my uh, my day-to-day -day job, mm -hmm. and um, since it's May, pretty much everybody's living at the track. We figured, why not go ahead and do the podcast here? Well, I certainly appreciate it. I know people would uh, go crazy to even uh, get a glimpse down here. Let's talk about first this car behind us, Robbie Gordon's 1994 Walker Racing Cummins Valvoline Special. Uh, my first race was 94, actually, so it uh, goes well, but an absolute beautiful piece of machinery that we have behind us here. Yeah, and you know, they're, they're just very popular, the 90s cars right now, especially with guys our age. And uh, to be honest, it was, let's be real, it was one of the closest ones to the Sonax detailing bay. Oh, okay. So Tony Perfect. and I just <laughs> wheeled it in here. And uh, yeah, we figured most people don't get to see this car very often. Mm -hmm. You might have seen it a little bit in the Twitterverse the last couple of days, but you know, people kind of like those mid-90s cars. Why not show it off a little bit more? Yeah, D-Land, we know you, you, you got yours in front of it too, but we're going to do ours. All right, we have so much to discuss. It's finally race week for the Indianapolis 500, as mentioned. Let's just start with qualifying, you know, a new format heading in, that top 12 instead of the top nine. Friday was chaotic with Fast Friday and those crazy wins. And then Saturday you had weather, and whether or not you were going to be able to get all 33, at least for one attempt. You got 32 of the 33. Uh, Steph Wilson had some issues with his engine. He'll start 33rd with no time. Uh, but again, we saw massive speeds on Saturday, massive speeds on Sunday. Scott Dixon, fifth career Indianapolis 500 pole. Your overall take of, of what we saw both Saturday and Sunday. Well, I'm going to even take it one step back and touch on Fast Friday mm -hmm. a little bit. The first day that they turned the boost up, we already were seeing some pretty intense speeds and yep. race trim uh, leading up to Fast Friday. But how about those speeds, the trap speeds going into turn three? I saw a couple of guys on the telemetry hit a 244. Oof. I think the official record was like a 233 yep. something. But let's just say 244 because that's what NBC Sports said. Sounds a lot better. Sounds a lot better. So sending it into turn three at, at those speeds, you know, on entry is just insane. And of course they had that tailwind, Yeah. but it did not disappoint on Sunday um, going for the pole. Saturday, I think you saw a solid top 12. We even had Jimmy Johnson in the mix. We yep. keep telling people. Yep. He, he admits he eats a lot of crow on the road and street courses. He has to eat that humble pie. Don't count him out on these ovals. You know, Ganassi as a whole all weekend was super impressive. Uh, all five of their cars will start towards the front of the field with two in the front row with Scott Dixon and Alex Pillow. You know, when we went to bed on Saturday night, it was Renus VK and the fastest speeds for a four-lap average that we have seen in years since 1996, which we will get into. Dixon gets it done, uh, which, you know, it's kind of on the out – I wouldn't say outside looking in on Saturday, but he wasn't – that he had the front row speed all week, but then in qualifying, he just didn't have it. And it, it was obviously a lot warmer when he went out on Saturday. And basically your goal on Saturday, which is just to get to Sunday, right? Get into that top 12, get to Sunday's shootout. He does that. Um, very impressed by him. You look at uh, some other guys, Kanan, Award, Rosenquist inside of that top nine. Um, Sato, so let's talk about Sato. Saturday, uh, I would say a pretty big screw up. Right, you stay on the track after your attempt. You're not in the warm-up lane. Marco comes around. You don't have spotters. Marco's tweet was like, "Oh, uh, didn't know we needed spotters during qualifying." <laughs> and then, you know, he, he gets his time taken away, which wasn't the best of time. Let's be honest. And I don't know if it was good enough to even get him into the top 12. So he was coming back out anyway. Yeah. Comes yeah. back out, throws it into I believe the 12th spot, and it's basically on the bubble. Rains come, everybody gets an attempt. Rains come on Saturday. Scott McLaughlin goes out and I believe goes from 13th where he was to where he's gonna start in 26. Now Sage Karam got to go out as well and gained I believe five spots, but tough for McLaughlin there. 
The top 12 was set, came back and did it again on Sunday. We saw some great speeds in practice Sunday morning. At Carpenter was quick, he'll start fourth. Scott Dixon as well. I like the format. Um, the, the top 12 was fun. I think you would, you know, let, let's take it Carpenter, for example, who's an owner as well, probably looks at it as like, you know, I don't really want to have to put it on a line three times to qualify on the pole or qualify in the top 12. Um, you know, so if you're starting 12, like you're Takuma Sato or Will Power or Jimmy Johnson, you're probably going like, man, just to qualify 12th or 11th, I would have rather like not done those two attempts. But mm. uh, it was cool to see Rick Mears go out and pace that top six. The cool down lap. The cool down lap was cool. Um, so we'll see how they tweak this moving forward. But I thought it did, Luke, give a little bit more drama without having that back row shootout. Yeah, and uh, it showed what teams, I think, really have a handle on, on this month, mm -hmm. especially in qualifying trim and just raw speed. You see, you know, Ganassi got all of their cars in. Yep. McLaren got two out of three. ECR got two out of three. Mm -hmm. And then the Fast Six, there were only two teams represented in those six teams, and that was four Ganassis and two ECR cars that ended up going for the shootout. Um, I, I think it was exciting. I saw a lot of people on social media saying- Great crowd too. Oh, huge crowd. It's one of the best crowds that we've seen out here in, in recent years, I know. We'll get to the Dixon lap, but yeah. when people were clicking off a big fast lap, if anyone hit one lap over 234, the crowd oh, yeah. just lost it. You know, they love seeing those numbers posted on the boards. Um, I think it was a great substitute, and I think that format could even work. You know, why not put these guys on the hot seat? Yeah. Why not make them do three runs? One to get into the fast 12. If you're in the fast 12, you got to go out again to get into the fast six. So if you win the pole, you've done this nerve-wracking thing, potentially depending on how your Saturday went, maybe maybe four times. Yeah. If you've had a yeah. bad Saturday and had to go out for a second run. But, uh, yeah, I think there were some surprising yeah. people that didn't make it, too. Well, well, let's get to that. I think big surprises. Even though they didn't qualify well last year either, but Penske only getting one car in um, in willpower. Joseph Newgard on the outside looking in. I think Joseph probably had one of the luckier breaks of the weekend knowing that he was on deck. I think he did even pull out after Scott McLaughlin went, and then there was a light. Yeah, he was. He was on the because he came down in front of me. He was on the course later in the evening after Sage Karam and McLaughlin went, and New Garden they gave him his time back would have ended up probably back in the 20s too. So surprised by Penske uh, only getting one out of their three cars, and and then I think Elio Castro Neves comes to mind starting in the 27th spot. Yeah, Elio comes to mind. I know looking here at row six, you have um, Simon Pagano, 2019 mm -hmm. winner, who has had great, great race trim speeds. Yep. Um, you have Hildebrand, who came in second and 11, and he's always pretty solid around here. And you have Daly, who led uh, a plethora of laps in last year's 500 and has been chipping away at his, his understanding of, the, of this course. And in the four corners that make up this crazy track that change every single year, mm -hmm. he's looking more and more solid. He finished in seventh in the most recent practice on Monday. Um, so that row six, you know, you might have some movers and shakers there. You've got New Garden in the row in front of him, middle of row five. But this fast 12, you know, it's it, it, these guys are not going to be easy to pass. Well, I, I think, and, and we'll go through this. Um, row by row here as well. Uh, J.R. Hildebrand is a guy that on Sunday, you could literally not hear from that guy all day. And then all of a sudden you look up and you're like, oh, there's 10 laps to go. And Hildebrand's seventh. Like yeah. he, he, he's that consistently good over 500 miles. He's obviously one of the most, uh, the, the most smart guys, so to speak, technically in the series, uh, even though he only runs, you know, Indy, but he's a guy that, we know, knows how to save his equipment, knows how to, to get towards the end. So let's get into it. Let's get into this 500. Let's go through row by row. We'll try to do as quickly as possible, starting with row 11. Just thoughts, chances to win. Uh, in row 11, Steph Wilson, Jack Harvey, Christian Lungard. Um, disappointing, I think, for, for, for Steph to not get an attempt. But Harvey and Lungard just very much so off the pace. Ray Hall didn't really qualify that well as a whole. Uh, Graham didn't either. So um, if you're Jack Harvey, you're certainly disappointed. 
Yeah, and you know, Jack had his first lap at 230.4, and then he couldn't, he had a huge moment and dropped down to 225, brought it back up to 228, and then his tires were just scrubbed off and down to 223. Yeah. We're beyond the days with this current car where you can run a lap under 230. It's just, it's it's pretty much an abysmal attempt uh, with your four lap average. Um, Lungard just edged him just because of consistency, but you saw that kind of, he had kind of a good arc that a lot of the top guys had where second lap is faster than the first lap, but then again, it's just the speed isn't there at all. Which was, especially for the Hondas, it seemed like Chevy during the pole runs or during the top six, Renus and Ed, they had the party button or party mode, so to speak, on that first lap where they could pull a little bit more horsepower they had to back it down the rest of the run. Um, row 10, you've got Kyle Kirkwood, Dalton Kellett, and Juan Pablo Montoya. Kellett has an accident in the practice on Monday afternoon, hard contact. He was okay. Um, I think just a little bit too late going into one to make a move, got washed up um, and into the wall. Um, I don't know about this rope. Kyle Kirkwood is a guy that I can see being a hard charger, but we saw at Texas him make some moves and put his car in places that it shouldn't have been. Uh, it ended up costing him the day. Uh, Dalton Kellett, it's Dalton Kellett. I mean, I, I'm not trying to sound like a like like an a hole or anything, but it's he's gonna just keep it out of the wall if you're Dalton Kellett. I think yeah, Foy hasn't had a spark in their team yeah. in in a little while. I think that's something that. When it happens, it's going to surprise people, and hopefully they can get on a new trajectory because the Foyt name is so yeah. synonymous with this event, with IndyCar, with the 500. Um, everybody loves the tough Texan, the yeah. two-fisted Texas man. So hopefully they can figure something out in their team just overall because we know Kyle Kirkwood has talent. Yeah. Um, Dolan Keller has shown glimmers of speed in certain places, Yeah. but it's just one of those teams where it seems like once you go there, can you ever really see what your potential is? Um, the yeah. one that stands out for me in this row is Juan Montoya. He's wily. He drove his way up through the field last year, got a top 10 and ninth. I saw him today. a long way back, though. <laughs> I saw him today, and he seemed to be in good spirits, was joking with a f- couple of his uh, former Penske um, crew members. So we'll see. All right, row nine. What a row we have here. Colton Herta, who was super fast, Super passy, yep. if, that's a, if that's a term, in that practice on Monday. I've been told from a few people inside the paddock that he's one of about three or four cars that can pretty much dice his way and do whatever he needs to do. Scott McLaughlin, who we know is a fast car, was sitting there 13th or 14th, and just the conditions caught him out. And then Elio Castroneves is last year's winner going for number five. This is a very intriguing row, Luke. Yeah, I mean, the furthest back was Louis Meyer in, in 28th. So it's, it's possible, but of course, that was a completely different time. I yeah. think the the more recent one that you would want to look at would be how Rossi fared in 18. Yeah. Driving up from the last row. Um, it's possible, and 18 was a very tough year. They said nobody could pass. Pagano last year. Pagano last year mm-hmm. was driving up through the field and, and came up a little bit short, but, you know, give it two more laps, he probably would have been fighting yeah. those two uh, yep. for the win, Polo and Elio. So it's possible. I think Elio can drive up through the field, um, you know, to first. That's, that's a huge feat once you get chopped through, you know, all the chaos and mayhem of those first few laps. You just got to link in, get your strategy perfect. But that's a race where you just can't have mistakes. And you probably need a few things to go your way. A couple yellows, a couple good strategy breaks. There's definitely that point because, you know, last year Connor got up front. um, I believe Graham got up front too with some of the strategy plays and and just the yellow kind of thing just cycling um, in their direction. And then they had fast cars. And they had fast cars once they got up there. That always helps. And this this is the furthest back of the fending Indianapolis 500 winner has started since... Ari Leyendike started the 1998 race from the 27th position. Obviously, there are drivers who didn't come back the next year and defend um, their 500 crown, but this is a row to definitely watch and watch early. All right, row eight, you've got Devlin Francesco, Marco Andretti, Sage Karam. Um, we put this out on Burnout Sports this week. 101 is the number of total positions gained 
by Santino Ferrucci and Sage Karam over the last three Indianapolis 500s dating back to 2019. I think you'll see Karam charge towards another top 10 finish. Um, Marco, I just I haven't, he hasn't shown me that he's got the speed to move up. And Devlin has had moments where I thought he was going to have been the wall, and he's had moments so far this month where I thought he's held his own and he knows what he's doing. Um, anything kind of get the pulse going on this row? Yeah, I mean, from what I've heard in the garage area, uh, Devlin is is level-headed. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't really like how people were talking about him and some of the gossip that was going around surrounding Texas. Yep. Um, that he, you know, just kind of wanted to prove it. He wants to prove everybody wrong is what I'm trying to yeah. say. Yeah. Um, so he's just kept his nose clean and he's been smart and he he's really studious from everything that I've heard. He cares about running a clean, smart race, and he knows that's what you need to do if you yeah. don't have the fastest car. Uh, Marco, you know, that's a sentimental thing for me. Like, my whole family roots for the Andretti's, no matter where they're starting in the field, no matter who they're driving for, and obviously it's been for themselves for the last uh, last couple decades. Sage Karam is kind of that bad boy part-time deal with uh, with him and Santino. Mm -hmm. I think they've got a lot of confidence. Uh, Sage has really been been humble, I think, yeah. in his attitude the past couple of years. You know, he came into the sport and he, he tried to be the Paul Tracy. Yeah. And, uh, and, and went, through, went through a lot of crap. Like, yeah. went, you know, you remember, obviously, the Justin Wilson incident, mm -hmm. him and Ed going back and forth at Iowa. But to your point, I'm going to cut you off. No, no. I, I talked to Sage last week on Wednesday. You can catch that on Burnout Sports or at Tony D. Indy. And he said, you know, I think there's a lot of people that have seen me grow up, and it's crazy. This is my ninth Indianapolis 500. And just from – I think I've interviewed Sage every year that he's been in the 500. And he, like you said, very humble. He got married in the offseason. And I think he's a guy that says, look, I've got – one shot a year, just like Marco and, and a couple other guys, Hildebrand. I've got one shot a year. I need to make the most of it, enjoy it, and, and, and be mature towards it. And I definitely have seen that out of Sage Care. My row seven, another intriguing row. Colum Eilat has been a guy that I think is going to be a coveted free agent coming mm -hmm. up. You know, yeah, if, if, yeah, if Renus sure. moves on, Rossi moves on, Kirkwood moves on, there's going to be some seats that open up. Uh, we'll get to the, we got plenty of time for the offseason stuff. Uh, Ilot Alexander Rossi, another guy who just has seemed has seemed pissed, right? There's we all know he's probably going to McLaren. He was I, I wasn't get mad. Him somewhere. Get get this man in a winning car. Yeah. I don't if it's an Andretti and they figure that out, just put yeah. Rossi in a winning car. Holy yeah. crap. And then you've got you've got Graham Rahal on the outside of row seven. Again, this is yet another incredibly intriguing row for me yeah you know rossi's gonna charge you know graham is gonna have a car towards the end you know i think these two follow each other up to yeah. the field i think i think i wouldn't be surprised if they talk to each other and say hey yep let's link up let's get through this cleanly yep. let's follow each other through on the draft stick well, together and, into the front and look i've never started indianapolis 500 i've talked to a lot of people that have but if I we was dreamt about it a lot. Yeah. But but if this is if I was Rossi, I'm saying, you know, that that outside of the row usually has a preferred line going into one. And it's like, let's you you file in, in front of me, we'll get Eilon out of the way and we'll just go. Because you know Connor on the outside of the next row is gonna go. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have you're gonna have some room. Um, but Graham's a guy that, as we know, last year uh, was very much in the mix. Had a great car charging in, was it 18 when he got in that Bourdais accident? Um, so he's had really good cars here. So another intriguing row here in row seven. I think those are two guys that have a chip on their shoulder, mm -hmm. too. Rossi for Big different time. reasons than Graham. But Graham made a comment that, that his PR people let go. And it went out there. I'm a top three. Driver. He told it to me, like literally to me. Really? Me. It was. It was. It was myself and Eric Smith from Raceline Review during the test, and we were. You know, I, I think Eric asked the question, and he said, "I mean, I have it." He's like, "I'm a top three driver." And yeah. Look, we talked about this. I like that confidence. I yeah. really do. I don't want somebody in my car who doesn't have that confidence. So now he's. I think. But let's go. Yeah. Okay, you said it time. now, man. And there was a very tiny rumor that he was going to retire at the end of the year which never took off mm. i don't think it's true mm. um, i hope it's not true but yeah like you said okay you've mentioned it so now you've got to do it and there's no better chance to go out and prove it than 
this month at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Row six, we kind of touched on a little bit already. Simon yeah. Pagano, J.R. Hildebrand, and Connor Daly. Um, I think the three of us can agree. I think Pagano will be there at the end of the day yeah. with a chance. J.R. is a guy that will be consistent and will keep it clean. He does keep it clean. And yeah. can, can Connor get to the front and stay up front? He has had equally amounts of bad luck, just like Ray Hall, just like Rossi has. And he's got good momentum, though. Yep. Coming off the GP, he survived that insane cast. He not only qualified up front, but he mm-hmm. finished top five. Yep. In, in Great a race practice where, on Monday. Great practice on Monday. Came out seventh in the speed charts on Monday. So he's, you know, Connor's one of those guys that I think everybody from their hometown kind of has a lot of pressure on him with yep. the race at Indy. 100%. And everyone in Indy kind of expected him to just come out of the box and and be in contention. Even when he was in cars that weren't really in contention, you know, he yeah. had a few Dale Coyne rides. He had a Foyt ride. A Foyt ride, yeah. Yeah, and you know, now he's he's got a good rocket ship underneath him, but I think that he knew, hey, we've just gotta try to stay somewhere mid-pack qualifying. We can get up there. I know last year he qualified a little bit higher. Yeah. I think he can get up there. I think he's going to work his way up through the field. And hell, you know, he might latch on to the back of Rossi and, and Ray Hall, and the three of them I could see charging, or Pagano as well. Yeah. I think Hildebrand's probably going to have the first 100 laps of just kind of cruising. Let's not go below 20th. Yep. That's going to be a good. And, and, and know, I, he's and the I, flagship Foyt car, ironically yeah. enough, even though it's he's he's the one off. And I, I hate to, but Luckily for JR, is that crew is full time all year. Because it just always seems, it's like, you, and I, again, I'm not, it's just, it's the truth. It always seems like Coyne has something go wrong in the pits on one of their teams. It always seems like Foyt has something go wrong. So, you know, if Hildebrand can get solid pit stops, I think he's a guy that can de- definitely finish inside of 12, top 12. All right, row five. You've got a very fast rookie in David Malukas, who has had speed all week. You've got Joseph Newgarden, who the pressure seems to, keep building when's he gonna win the 500 he you know i think a lot of people would bet that he's the next guy to win his first although he hasn't been great during the 500 and you got santino ferrucci on the outside of a row you know he's going to be charging towards the front this guy's never finished outside of the top 10. um malukas for me just finish 500 miles yeah don't you know learn Put yourself in great positions and, and score yourself a top 10. Go for rookie of the year. Maybe. Remember James Davison after a bunch of wrecks a few years ago filling in for Bourdais. I think Davison either led some laps or was in the top five on a late restart. So anything can happen. Uh, Newgarden, he's got the team. He's got the talent. Can he put it together? I mean, his best 500 run was 2016 where he finished third with, I think it was Sarah Fisher or CFH or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, then And then Ferrucci, hard charger, has never finished outside of the top 10. I think, you know, I talked to Buddy Rice today who's who's on the on the, on the stand for him, and he said, yeah, I mean, he's he can get up there. We can do it. And that's probably the best, Sage Karam as well, Sage Karam's crew, but the best one-off pit crews down the line, I think, is probably Canons on Ganassi as well, mm-hmm. but also uh, the guys that drive Rainbow Racing. So your thoughts on row five? Uh, row five, real quick, you know, Malukas, he's been at the top of the charts, hovering around there, surprising people all month. But, you know, Dale Coyne has been pretty fast yep. um, with Sato, and we'll hop to that in a second. Malukas, I agree. I, it brings me back to, I think Santino is going to be a wild card. Yep. He's just going to be a wild card because the field is so tight and he's been such a standout the past few years. Malukas, on the other hand, I think don't let those speeds be an expectation that you put on yourself. Yeah. Don't let it be an expectation that comes from the outside in of like, oh, I've got to finish top 10. It reminds me of Rick Mears, um, who, who always would say my first time doing anything, if it was my first time at Pikes Peak, if it was my first time at Ontario Motor Speedway. Uh I never put an expectation on myself other than to, let's just finish the race. Start with that, and then as the race develops, see where you go, see where where you're comfortable. That's what he needs to do to get the best result, and that's how you would get a top 10, I believe. New Garden, I could see him having a Rick Mears sort of day. I think he just needs to stay out of the trouble zones. Be smart. You know, you're going to have people that are dive bombing you back here. And yes. I call it the, the the 10th to 15th spot. You know, that's where people start getting a little desperate as it's you get near. It's it crash is. Shoot. It is. Especially near lap 100 and beyond. 
Well, to your point, real quick, and knock on wood, we have not seen since. I should have done the research off the top of my head. Would be like oh six. When was the last time we saw a lap one crash at the Indianapolis Five Hundred? Marco getting taken out when he was in the Venom car in 08 with EJ Visa. EJ Visa, so it was 08. Yep, yep, that's true. I think it's the last yep, time he was we in saw that black flat. 26. Yep. Yeah, so hopefully everyone. I know Ed gets got pinched in 2020 by Veach, but I don't believe that brought out a yellow. It was just contact. So the first actual incident, wreck was your eye, was 2008 with. Yeah. No, was it 8 or 9? I think it was 2009. Like one of two, those. It was, it was 2009. I'm, I'm like 99% sure. When this goes live, shout it out in the comments section. Yeah, that's we'll, I'm we'll pretty sure it was 2009 because <laughs> I just started working at the radio station. But anyway, um, so not going to We're due for it? <laughs> I think we're due for we, we, There's a lot of things that we could be due for, yeah. uh, and we saw it over the weekend. One of the things we were due for is let's break some records, yep. and we did. Uh, real quick, because it's just on my brain, and yeah, yeah, yeah. we're all scatterbrained. It's race week. Um I just wish there just seemed didn't be didn't seem to be a massive hype. Is it because we didn't know that this was possible going into the weekend because of how crappy the conditions were Friday? It just didn't seem like I, it, the fans were cheering. There was a video yeah. on burnout when, like you said, when Dixon qualified, everybody's cheering. But like, I knew it'd be around two thirty three, but I didn't expect to break. And I said it on the show a couple weeks ago, like, let's break the record. Yeah. I guess I got to shut up because they did. But did you feel like there just wasn't enough? Like, I don't think the fans expected it yeah. to happen. And Enough hype leading in, I guess. Yeah, I think they were scared to overhype it because this track is so temperamental. Yeah. You never know, you know, you, you get too hot of a day, too windy of a day, too cold of a day, and then boom. In Indiana weather, who knows? Yeah, you're barely cracking 231. So. Yeah. I don't think they wanted to hype it up and then disappoint people. We had that happen a few years ago with the aero kits yeah. for different reasons with cars flipping in the air. They were like, oh, we're going we're gonna to do away with these qualifying kits and strike it across the board between Honda and Chevy. And all the fans were like, boo. So yeah. I don't think they wanted to run into that and hype it up. I, I think people were just surprised. Yeah. The smart IndyCar, like the real knowledgeable fans, were like, oh, the conditions aren't as optimal as they were, and they don't have a tailwind on the backstretch, which is what really boosts speeds. But, you know, a lot of the guys that were in the Fast 12 when they went out to run to get into the Fast 6, they weren't going as fast. Yeah. You know, Dixon really laid it down. He, he has a, what is it, almost a full mile an hour quicker four lap? Yeah. Um, but so I, he has the quickest pole speed yep. ever but the second fastest qualifying speed of all time behind Lion Dyke, right? Second fastest four lap average of all time behind Lion Dyke and second fastest one lap qualifying mm -hmm. lap um, behind Lion Dyke as well. And both of those are in between Lion Dyke first, uh, now Dixon second, and then Scott Brayton third from 96. That Lion Dyke car may or may not be within 40 feet of where we're sitting. Maybe. Who knows? You'll never know. You have to pay for the basement tour to come check it out here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway <laughs> Museum. All right, let's get to the Fast 12, uh, which, again, we thought was exciting. Uh, Takuma Sato, Will Power, Jimmy Johnson, um, two former winners, and I would probably say the most hyped-up rookie. I know we're going to talk about Grosjean, but I would say the most hyped-up rookie since Nigel Mansell in 1993. Well, it's a Maybe Danica, but I don't know if Danica had the hype because she just didn't yeah. have the background and the accomplishments heading into her 500. So I would say Nigel Mansell in 93. I mean, this is, this is a seven-time NASCAR champion. Mm -hmm. Four-time Brickyard 400. Uh, yeah, because Gordon was five, Johnson's four, I believe. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. You can you can yeah, nail me on the cross. I, on I believe that's I believe that's the truth. So you know, one thing that uh, we were we were talking to some of the crews at a party earlier today, and I know Tony's been walking the beat all month, <laughs> but everybody in the paddock is saying, "Man, people don't understand that this isn't a fluke. It's not just because he's in a Ganassi car. This man yeah. has done more 500 mile races." on ovals than anyone else in the field yeah by far he's he's studious he's studying and going back to what i said about rick mears 
you know, Rick in, in an, a meeting with him in the museum a few weeks ago told him the biggest thing is don't put an expectation on yourself. Yeah. And if there's one thing that eating humble pie week in and week out at these street courses and road courses that are so foreign to him in this style of car yeah. is teaching him is I don't need to have an expectation. We saw it come through in Texas. We saw him making moves that other people just weren't going to make outside of the two guys fighting for the win, Newgarden yeah. and McLaughlin. I, it shouldn't be a surprise, but it's amazing. Well, and what really I, you know, I haven't really spent a lot of time around Jimmy Johnson. Still haven't, but I've, I rode the elevator with him the other day. There you go. Um, guy, like you said, humble, but he, he's, he's really taking it all in. I mean, we saw him waving to his dad in turn three, yeah. set spotting for him, um, which I thought was a great moment. And you know, everybody keeps saying it, but it's true. He doesn't have to be out here. He has nothing to prove to anybody. But he's doing it. He's fast doing it. He's had some moments, um, as we know. And, but he's just he's really taken this in and has really been enjoying it. And we saw his family here over the weekend for qualifying um, to make it even more special. Because that you know, seemed like his wife was the holdup there for a while. Um, but, yeah, glad Jimmy's here. Will Power, we know, will be there. I'll say this every year about Will Power. That dude will be in contention to win if he starts close to the front, which he didn't last year. He's just doing this year. But, God, something always happens on pit road to Will Power. Yeah. Oh, boy. And he had a moment in pit road in the test. Yeah. <laughs> too. Yeah. So. And McLaughlin uh, spun coming out of the pits. On a burnout. On yeah. Yesterday. So, um, Will Power's got to have clean pit stops all day, which you could say about everybody. But it just seems like more yeah. than anybody, Will Power, something goes wrong. Yeah. He's had, you know, before he won in 18, he's just always had kind of bad luck here that almost that sort of andretti trope of like man when am i gonna get it now he's yep. gotten it I, I think he'll be there at the end i think he he looks fast i i'm not too worried about will especially starting 11th yep. he had You're good right speed he's the fastest penske car out there um yeah i think he'll be good and then sato Oof. sato in in race trim has been at the top, top, top of the charts. Well, he hasn't been like outside of the top 10, I don't think, in any practice. I mean, look, he's won the race two times. So we're not telling you anything you don't already know about Takuma Sato. He's going to be there. He's going to be quick. He's going to make the moves. I love the guy to death. Okay. Would love to see him win a third. Um, and, I, you know, I keep harping on this, and it's maybe seems like I'm not doing my research, but it's just the truth. Can his pit crew keep him where he needs to be? Mm -hmm. We saw so many green flag stops last year. Um, well, I think we only had what the one yellow with Graham. Was that the only yellow of the day? There might have been one other one earlier on. But under green flag stops, can Sato's crew keep him in it? We'll see. Uh, we know it's a fast car, and looking forward to see what Sato can do. Row number three, Pato Award, Rosenquist and Roman Grosjean. Uh, the Aero cars had hella qualifying draws Friday night. I mean, they rolled off what third and fourth or third and fifth. They were they were up there. They were near the beginning. So they got um, great conditions, ideal conditions. End up putting it in the third row. Um, Pato can get it done. Pato can win this race on Sunday. He yeah. was fast last year. Obviously finishing third. That team is always great in pit stops. So I wouldn't be surprised. I'll call it now. They will win the, the pit stop contest on Friday during Carb Day. 50% uh, chance of rain, let's hope this stays away. Felix, again, we talk about this every week, qualifies well, fades in the race. He's a complete fade for me. Grosjean has almost crashed about 17 times this, this week. Um, so <laughs> he, that, he got scared in that fast six run. That leads me, to, that be fast 12 run, that leads me to believe that something may happen. Um, but I think if you're Grosjean, just keep it clean and just, you know, don't mess up somebody else's race, for lack of a better term, you know? Like, don't, yeah. don't be the guy that pushes somebody up into the wall or, you know, we saw a lot of give and take on, on, on Monday's practice, even though you're going to say, what do you mean give and take? Grosjean got into that, you know, was, was a part of an accident that put Kel on the wall. But I think we're going to see that for the first 400 miles. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see a lot of give and take going into three um, we'll see a lot of give and take going into one. 
and guys just kind of sorting it out because you just you don't want to get chopped by somebody passing you on the outside or you don't want to be you don't want to make a run on the inside and not have enough room and the guy in front of you doesn't see you and all of a sudden some dumb mistake on lap 78 because you didn't back off or you went for it too hard well with Grosjean too with Grosjean let's not forget he didn't really have a Texas race yeah he's he did, had gateway where he charged up through the field and then I forget if he came out on the wrong end of tire wear or yeah. tire strategy. Um, I think, you know, the eyes are on him. Yeah. This is this is the Indy 500. You're going into the corners with a – you could have a toe speed of 244. Yeah. If you, if you have a big draft, you can't be banging into people. Nope. You can't be making moves like we saw um, Bourdais, who's an excellent driver, but in uh, in 19, the, the move he made on Graham Ray Hall. Yeah. And, you know, you've got you've got all eyes on you because he has been roughing people up a little bit. I love that stuff on a road course. Yeah. I love that stuff on a street course. Elbows out on road and street courses anytime you want. But this is indie, man. You can't be putting somebody's life at, at risk or your own. So we'll we'll see how he does. Um, Rosenquist is isn't a complete fade for me, man. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Just just based on the momentum I've I seen. I like the, the guy, but he has speed. Yeah. He has speed. I think if the team puts everything together well, you know, they, they were on, it's a totally different track, but just momentum-wise, they were on pace for a double podium. Yeah. And it wasn't his mistake. At the road course race. At the road course race, yeah. at the NDGP, it wasn't his mistake that took them out of that, and he still ended up getting sixth. Yeah. Um, Pato, I agree. I, I could see the two of them just kind of hanging in that top ten. Yeah. Ride nose to tail, protect your spots. People are less likely to try to make a bonsai move to split up a team that's running nose to tail and, yeah. and backing off a little bit, saving some fuel, saving some tire. Um, but but I think you've got some real rocket ships now going oh. into into row two. Row two, Ed Carpenter making his 19th career start in Indianapolis 500. Mr. Consistency, Marcus Erickson starting in the middle of row two. Tony Kanan finishing the top six in six, uh, a guy that uh, I think started eighth last year. It really was a contender, but we're, we're coming down to, you know, Kanan's is th this or next year is probably his last year's to run the 500. Ed can get it done. I think Erickson is going to be there all day. I think he dark horse. Is a, yeah. I think Erickson is going to be there all day on Sunday. People um, are not talking about him enough. This, I, this I, could, this could, I think Erickson could win the 500. I think that is a legitimate, so I haven't talked to Ed Carpenter at all. I waved to him today, this morning, Tuesday. I, I waved to him today. I always interview him. I always talk to him before the race. He hasn't won. So sentimentally, that would be who I want to win the, the 500. I, I'll admit That'd be that. a huge win around here. That would be um, incredible for me. I mean, he's been, him and Schechter were my favorite starting back in like 02 for Schechter and 04 for, for Ed. That would be uh, huge. But I'm with you, man. Marcus Erickson. He's not going to be talked about as much as everybody else. He's quiet. And on Friday on Carby, that dude's going to be top five again in practice, maybe top ten at worst. And all of a sudden on Sunday, you're going to be going kind of like Elio last year. You remember well, Elio? Where did he come from? Well, like, he's been oh, there the whole he's time. He's been there the whole time. He just <laughs> hasn't. He's let everybody else duke it out for the lead. And now it's go time, and he's going to go yeah. for it. All right, row one, Scott Dixon, Alex Pillow, Renus VK. All three could win. I would not be surprised if it was Alex Pillow. He's he right now is leaning towards my pick or my favorite. Renus has got a rocket ship. I talked to somebody on his team yesterday after the practice, and this somebody said that he is more excited about going into this 500 than he was when he was on Pato Awards team last year, and they took the lead on that final restart or that final. Uh, I think with 25 laps to go, they cycle to the lead. Yeah, something like that. Um, Dixon, I will never be mad when Scott Dixon wins a race. I love Scott Dixon. There's just something about this place that tells me he's only ever going to win the damn thing one time, Mario Andretti style, a fifth career pole. Um, but something like last year, bad pit stop. Sato outran him in 2020. Just crazy to think that Dixon only has one 500 win. Yeah. Uh, but, God, it's I, have, nuts. A, it's I nuts. have a good feeling about Alex Pillow as well. You know, he's a six-time Dixon, is a six-time champion. Um, 
if there was anything close to the modern era goat, the Michael Jordan of yep. of current era IndyCar, it's Dixon by yep. far. I mean, you look at any other races, even when he has terrible, terrible luck at other tracks, he still pulls a top three or top five out of nowhere. Yep. Um, below, I agree. Um, a lot of, I think there's a lot of motivation. After that duel last year, you know, yep. Elio just, Elio knew where to make the passes, when to wait, when to close, when to pull the trigger. You know, Pelot has that experience now. Yeah. He got in the ring with a three-time then, now four-time Indy 500 champion and duked it out with Learned it. a lot. Absolutely. Renus, uh, this kid has no fear. Yeah. And, you know, everyone in this top 12 just seems confident. Yeah. But Renus is up there in the confidence charts and up there in the speed charts. And now we, we look at, you know, we have one practice this week under our belts in race trim. So, I mean, that I Guess who was fastest? <laughs> Chip Galassi Racing. Alex Pelot, Scott Dixon, Jimmy Johnson. It's... Jimmy Johnson didn't do any fast runs at the beginning of the day. He actually ran by himself. Yeah, most he, of the he day. ran most, yeah. Monday, he ran a lot by himself. So I don't know what that strategy was, if it was just getting him suited. I know he had a huge moment yeah. in qualifying. One of the best saves I've ever seen at this place. He turned right yeah. at the right time so that you don't kill yourself at Indy. <laughs> um, and a lot of people were saying, that's a NASCAR move. Yeah. You, you let that thing stay tight all the way up to the wall and you wait to correct until you're not, uh, you're not gonna rock it into it. Amazing, and he kept his foot in it. We watched yeah. the telemetry later. The only thing I saw was little blips off the throttle. Yeah. And what I've been told is that's when your leg is shaking. Oh, yeah. So that's not voluntary. Because a voluntary lift, you see it go, you see it breathe. Yeah. You see it go down. His was just coming one bar out of like 90 bars. It was coming like one bar down. So there was a couple moments uh, yeah. qualifying <laughs> for, for, for a couple guys that were interesting. Ganassi. Sato was fourth. I mean. Sato, I mean, <laughs> if, if, if I had to close my eyes and, and you said there's going to be a shootout on lap 190, green flag, who's going to be the top five? I would say Dixon, Polo, Erickson, Sato, Carpenter, with probably Renus right there chomping at the bits. Um, you know, I could see award right there as well. I mean, realistically, realistically, I would say 14, maybe 15 guys can win this thing on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, that goes back to our previous shows where we talk about how tight the competition is. and, and Which is crazy. You know, you look at some of the guys You're not going to get were, that Formula One. No. Sorry, I mean, I know NASCAR's had a lot of different winners this year, but... You're, you're the only. I mean, yes, you you get that in the Daytona 500 because you have yeah. the you have the the drag restrictor plate. But but here it really is just the entire sport as a whole. Mm -hmm. I mean, looking at the rest of the top ten from yesterday, it's all mixed up again. You yep. know, you have Simon Pagano tenth. Okay, that's kind of to be expected, even though they've been struggling this year. Sage Karam ninth. Kid gets this place. Yep. Connor Daly seventh. Marco Andretti eighth. Okay. Marco, I I've been I know. I've been telling people though, Marco, if he can get everything right, he, he's been fast here. And yeah. more recently than people think. In yeah. the DW12 era, he's been a contender for the win. Um, Joseph Newgarden showing some speed in six in race trim. But then you look down here, Paddle Award 21st, Kanan 22nd yesterday's practice. Yeah. Ed Carpenter 24th, Renus VK 25th. Kind of weird. Ed was like that last year. I think in that last practice, which was on Sunday, and then the two-hour on carb day, he was a little bit, you know, he wasn't up on the speed charts. Mm -hmm. And really, he ran fourth until that first pit stop killed him, and he still charged all the way back late for fifth. So Ed is Ed and Kanan and Dixon and now Pelot. What I think that they have over some of these other guys is they know how to make their car Rick Mir style. We mentioned Rick a lot. Work on those tools. Work on those tools throughout the stints and get your car right exactly where you want it to be by lap 180, you know, and have yourself in a position uh, to win this thing. All right, green flag, 1230-ish on 
Sunday. That'll come up on NBC. Carb Day is Friday. We'll have you covered all weekend with different stuff. Luke's Twitter, my Twitter, the IMS Museum Twitter, Burnout Sports Twitter. Make sure you're following us. Let's talk about some Indy 500 traditions and some of your favorite things to do and some of your favorite races of the past. So let's start with, with a race that you love to go back and watch. Um, I would love to go back and watch the 05 race. Yeah. Um, I've tried to go back and watch the coverage of it, mm -hmm. but it was Danica Mania. Yeah. So Todd my boy, is terrible. Sorry. <laughs> my boy Danny didn't get the coverage he needed. Neither did the, the real contenders like Vitor. And, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, if I could go back and watch that in person and relive that experience of seeing him in that slick Jim Beam and Dreddy Autosport car. Yep. Um, he was there all day. I, I rooted for him since I saw him in 03 when he flipped in front of me. Yep. 04, he was up there all day with one of my other favorite drivers, Buddy Rice, who yep. you're pretty close with. Um, we talked to Buddy, you'll see it, Burnout Sports. Burnout Sports, Twitter, Quick plug. YouTube, yes sir. Um, but yeah, that, definitely 05. Yeah, 05 was great. 11 for me because I, I, I knew Dan personally at that point. Uh, and then we kind of spent the rest of the summer celebrating that win because they brought him back for the Brickyard to give him his ring. And he was a part of Big Machine Records. And they were obviously a big sponsor back in 2011 of the Brickyard. Um, 04, because I love, I'm like you, loved Buddy Rice, one of my favorite wins there. Such a good guy. 95 awesome. is a hell of a race from a competitive standpoint to go back Jealous and watch that. See those. Yeah. Um, man, I just, you know, I sit in turn three like you. You're a little bit yep. towards the backstretch more. I sit in turn three. Um, but, you know, my dad comes in from Seattle, and it's just, it's been a tradition in my family since I was a kid. Like I mentioned, 94, uh, with this beautiful Robbie Gordon car that was involved in that race. Um, was my first 500 and you know I just I, I, I keep saying this and I was on an ESPN radio station in Florida this week and and they asked you know what makes this more than just a race and it's you had the most practice time yes and qualifying is intense but when any of us who have any pulse towards the Indianapolis 500 of the sport walks into the track and you walk up in the bleachers you have never seen so many people in front of you in your entire life at any venue on any given day you can't do it I, I mean we're talking music concerts festivals i don't care what it is that many people in front of you albeit not as close but spread out uh it's just it's an amazing sight if you don't get tears in your eyes during back home again in indiana and taps um you might be dead and you know it just the drivers put everything on the line for 500 miles right there in front of you where at any moment disaster can strike. So um, that's just what I love about it. You know, it brings out every emotion in you, right? Like I will literally on Sunday, I will be sad. <laughs> I'll be mad. I'll be happy. I'll be angry. I'll be sentimental. I will be I, there, there is this like oh, sentimental runs through the whole day. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, and and then there is a what do they call it post 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 race depression. Oh, there's so literally bad. a post race depression. Like Monday, oh, Monday you get like the winners victories shoot, and then you can either watch the banquet or you go to it. Yeah. But then Tuesday it's like it's like that it's old gone. meme it's from uh, from uh, Paul Fiction. You're going. Yeah. Where is what everybody? do I do now? Like, the high is so high, but then there is that, like, oh, crap. And that's but, what makes it so special, too. Yeah. Like, I think it, when I was a kid, it was always, like, if if a driver that you were rooting against won, yeah. man, it's like I got all hyped up for a month, month. really yeah. the whole season, the whole springtime leading up to the 500, and now I got to live with with this guy yeah. getting braided around for a whole year yep. and then all next May. But if your guy wins, yep. it's more that sentimental feeling of like, hell yeah, yeah. you know, my And usually, usually for me, it's been like, I've always respected the winner. There's, there's a few guys that I'm like, yeah. meh. Um, but covering this race, like I have for the last 11 or 12 years, you know, in radio, I had obligations to get back downtown. Here, yeah. thank, thankfully with burnout, like I'm dedicated to doing this throughout the month. And even today, you know, we had the rookie lunch and talked to some of the rookies. Don't forget to check out the video um, of Roman Grosjean milking a cow, yeah. uh, which India is weird. Things happen here. And the American <laughs> Dairy Association does a great job. Uh, the milkshakes were great. 
Um, now, did you get those milkshakes like straight out of the cow's tea? Thank or? God, no. Okay, um, so those, that was a separate was station. The, yeah, so okay. we had that was we had outside and we had inside for that. Um, <laughs> but you know, and then we we're recording the show on Tuesday night, and, and I spent most of the afternoon just kind of walking around and, and, and literally taking it all in. I did another podcast. Um, for my Tony Lee podcast, which was spider crawled on me literally mid show. So I freaked out, um, <laughs> but I kind of just sat out there and I was doing a video and it's already posted on burnouts page of one of my favorite traditions that I don't think it's talked about. It's just how cool it is that every driver's name and sponsor and team is painted on the wall. It's not necessarily painted anymore. It's on a, it's on like a, just like a sticker basically that they put on there. So I was like, well, this would be cool. I will walk the entire pit road and do like a time-lapse video of seeing it, you know, something yeah. that maybe some people don't even realize on race day is going on. And I got distracted. So if the, if the video is a little bumpy, it's because all of a sudden AJ Foyt rolls by on, <laughs> on a golf cart and passes me and I keep doing my thing, doing my thing, doing my thing. And I get all the way almost down to the end and he's coming right back and he goes right back by me again. And I'm at like Pelot's pit at this point, which is the second to last. So it's Dixon and Pelot have the top two. Um, and then he turns around and I'm just like, well, AJ has now passed this, passed my video three times. Like <laughs> he could at least let me hop on the golf cart and I could have just done it from the golf shot. cart. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. Uh, can't wait to see everybody on Carb Day Friday. Oh, yeah. You know, I know we always talk about getting back to normal uh, after COVID, but certainly with that, I think Kings of Chaos will be a very good concert. Pit stop competition will be great. IRP this weekend um, has some great racing going on with the, with the Mazda Road to Indy, the ladder series to IndyCar. Um, USAC Silver Crown and Midgets are out there. That's always a great show at IRP. So uh, I know Anderson has a little 500. Circle City Raceway has some racing going on too. I think we're gonna, I think I'm gonna talk to Cody Swanson this week here on oh, Burnout nice. about some things. Oh, no. So uh, as much as we love the Speedway, cause we do, but I also do like to give a shout out to some of the other open wheel, smaller tracks um, around town. So, all right, time to go racing. Uh, your, your, your final thoughts racing. here is, uh, we, I'm already having, uh, I do this and I'm sure you do too. All of my dreams right now involve a driver. Sada was in my dream last night. And, and, and I, I've had what it kind once. Of dream? Uh, we were, the dream last night was we were getting him to his car. Like, I still have this dream where I had to and go back to college. And everybody's clothes are on, right? Well, everybody's clothes okay, are on, thank okay. God. <laughs> yes, but we got to get him to his car. And it's, it's, it's like on me. Like, I've yeah. taken charge to get him to his car, and he can't get through. That's called a stress dream. Yes. Well, and I <laughs> will have the dream. Week. I'll have the dream where I'm late, and I'm stuck on 30th Street. Yes. Oh, and I just my park gosh. my car in somebody's random driveway and say, here's 20 bucks. I'll come back and get it later. Yeah. Um, but I'm ready to go. I am ready to go. We'll have a, a, an IndyCar bet show where we break down the odds of it coming up this week. Media Day will be fun. Uh, I hope you can join me, Luke. And Media Day, we'll get some, some reaction to some drivers. We'll have some fun. I want to talk to Hinch for sure because uh, I talked to him. I had a great conversation with him uh, a week ago. But Yeah, um, he drove old Calhoun for yeah. us on, uh, on Sunday. So that was a, that was a great we'll time. We'll have some videos from the museum with a lot of um, – Former drivers driving some awesome cars, so yep. you'll see that here on Burnout and IMS Museums, uh, Twitter and social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just got a lot, and it's it's all jam packed. And thank you so much for supporting it. Thank you so much for liking and subscribing, retweeting, doing all that good stuff. So, Luke, thanks again. Let's have one hell of a race weekend, and we will recap it all next week here on the IndyCar Show, Burnout Sports at BurnoutSports.com.